Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. This week, I'm going to talk about something that affects all of us. If you're a taxpayer, there is no chance that this is an issue that doesn't worry you. If you're an NRI or a foreign resident, then the last 15 days would have been harrowing for you. So let's talk about me. This weekend was my planned weekend for weeding out unwanted paper stretching over the last two decades. Space out Mumbai, a regular purge of all kinds of paper, filings, clippings is really important. So after nine years of Digital India, one would expect this less paper, but believe it or not, there is just as much paper, especially if you have to open a bank account for companies, trusts, and then of course, all your tax papers and bills. Doesn't matter that it's captured by the government, you need to have all of it recorded. So even as I was getting ready to dump all my paper with a vengeance, one email put a spoke in my plan. Now, what did this email say? This is what it read. I understand from several people that they have received tax demand notices pertaining to assessment year of a decade old from the email tax demand at cpc.incometax.gov.in. So official email ID. The writer said that he had received a notice for a company that he had closed down. The query was a decade old. The rectification request was filed, duly acknowledged at that time when the query was raised, which is over a decade ago. And yet the notice was issued. In fact, he was wondering how seriously to take it, whether it was a tech issue that would automatically get resolved by the government, or does he have to get ready for a nice royal runaround? So I had no answers. In fact, I was getting ready to dump paper. So what's the best thing you do these days? I put it out on social media. And scores of people confirmed that they had also indeed received such notices dating back to over 10 years ago. The most shocking was one for 430 rupees pertaining to 2009. And the date of demand was February 2011. Most people don't want their names are worried about the consequences. So no names in anything in this video blog. So there's NM who says he received a demand notice for the counting year 2011, apparently raised in 2013 Jan and communicated to him now, 2023, 10 years later. Charter accountant says that his client received a notice for 2002-03, another five years. One person thinks that many notices relate to 2007-08 because tax deduction at source, that's TTS, was digitized that year, probably has glitches and has been spewing out notices automatically. I wasn't able to confirm this. A central government employee says that his father received a notice for accounting year 2006 in 2023, but they also wanted interest paid. Okay, but Since his father retains all his papers, he managed to sort it out. One CA received a notice pertaining to 2010 for an HUF, Hindu Undivided Family. It had been rectified or other rectification filed right at that time, duly acknowledged. Luckily, papers were stored, so they managed to sort it out. Now, question that I have is how long does one need to retain documents just in case the tax department decides to send me a notice 10 years later or 15 years later? Do I need to store paper in perpetuity? Where on earth do I keep it? Now, the income tax department is very emphatic 
that you cannot get notices forever. In fact, except under specific conditions, that is section 148 of the Income Tax Act, which says when this can happen. So a reassessment notice cannot be issued if three years have passed since the end of the relevant assessment year, or if the assessing officer after amendments has specific information that certain uh, income has escaped assessment. Now, whatever the amendments, can a notice be issued for 430 rupees? No, the rules again are clear. There has to be evidence of evasion of at least 50 lakhs that too has to be within the 10-year period from the end of the relevant assessment year. So how do you explain these notices? Well, you don't because there is nobody giving you answers. You try asking the CA and they will tell you it's better you can destroy them, but it's better to keep them. And if there has been any rectification, it is safer to keep some papers. Everyone is hedging because every single CA in practice has clients who've gone through this. And each one of them will tell you one thing, that God help you if you end up with litigation. If you're able to rectify it, you have the papers, well and good. Otherwise, you are in for a harrowing time. This is strange since a system is usually programmed to ensure that rules are followed. And if there is a serious bug, it should be rectified. But guiding principle in India is that you destroy documents by following the rule, then you're in for trouble if you get served a notice. Neither the rules nor the redress system really work for you. They're not on your side. So, Bhagwan Barose and hope for the best. Now, there's another thing that happened in the last 15 days which caught my attention, which is this whole business about the Panahadar link. Most of you know that on 1st of July, the government decided after multiple warnings that they're going to deactivate all PAN numbers which were not linked to the bank account. Most people have done it because they just comply. They know that government would take draconian action. There's no point. So a compliance horror was unleashed on 112.7 million Indians on 1st of July. How do we know this? Because someone, an activist called Ashish Goel, filed a right to information application and was given this information. In fact, the exact number was 11 crore 27 lakh 41,155 PAN numbers. Remember, let's not make decimal points because 41,155 is also a large number. It's tens of thousands of people who are suffering. So Goel believes that most of these PAN numbers are people who are not even filing taxes, may not even have a bank account because these are very poor people who use PAN as an identity proof. The IT department says we have no information. He's even asked them how many of these have actually filed returns or have bank accounts. Tax department says we have no information. So under RTI, no answers were given. Now with ease of living as a motto and technology that is able to do data sorting, you can write a small program, the finance minister, ministry, you would think, would have done some homework. They've been issuing warnings, right? That we're going, please link your PAN to bank account. Otherwise we're going to deactivate it. Did they use that time to weed out people to whom this is not applicable? No such luck. One hammer action on 1st of July, all PAN are disabled. So maybe some of them don't file returns. 
doesn't matter to them. They'll still have a PAN card, like an identity proof. If it's verified against a PAN database, they're in trouble, but it doesn't affect them. There was another set of people who suffered collateral damage. Now, it turns out when the government takes a sledgehammer, it's very equal and democratic. So wealthy and privileged people have been just as affected. They happen to be foreign nationals living in India or what are called overseas citizens of India, people with OCI cards and non-resident Indians. In both cases, this is collateral damage of the worst kind because they are not even required to have an Aadhaar. Remember, Aadhaar is meant for resident Indians. So if you're a foreign citizen residing in India, you don't need an Aadhaar. And there is a specific exemption. If you're a non-resident Indian, you're not residing in India, so you don't need an Aadhaar. Of course, a lot of non-resident Indians have very smartly just taken an Aadhaar because they know how the government works. And they've gone and linked it. And so there is no problem for them. Our ministers wax eloquent about the virtues of artificial intelligence and the policies that govern it. But just good old natural intelligence, application of mind, empathy for the taxpayer, or just weighing the consequences of a universal deactivation of PAN, it's not done. When there was time enough, each time you gave an extension, did you use the time? No. Why, why worry about the people or what hardship you unleash on them? So we should have anticipated this because with every game-changing action by this government, it has unleashed hardship. Demonetization, catch black money, lots of hardship. Introduction of GST, goods and services tax, lots of hardship, not for you and me, for anyone who runs a business. In this case, includes us also. Same thing with MCA 21, every version of it. And the Aadhaar database, the problems, any of you who pay attention, there are regular reports about what happens. And there again, it's the underprivileged who suffer. Now, predictably, because lots of rich and privileged people were affected, there's a furor on social media. WhatsApp groups, bang up, jugad remedies were suggested. Like I said, many NRIs were smart. They knew what the government is like. They already had Aadhaar when they don't need it. They had linked it. But what about the foreign nationals? If they had not done it, either on principle or because they were not required. Now, I'll give you one example. But before we do that, the government is very Twitter savvy, or social media savvy. So there's a Twitter handle of Income Tax India, which constantly responds very quickly to issues that are raised about taxes. So it has provided email IDs and helpline numbers where they say, call us, write to us, and there'll be a quick resolution. So I'm going to show you how this works with one case, not telling you the name, but this person is a British national, very savvy person, resident in India. He does not have an Aadhaar matter of principle, but he was one of the 112.7 million Indians hit by deactivation. This means that he cannot file his returns, cannot access his mutual fund and deposit account. So he began to write to the tax department's helpline, went on to social media. They told him who to write. So he wrote that his PAN was blocked despite a specific notification exempting foreigners. This is notification number 37 slash 2017 dated 11th May 2017. Now, one would expect the government has issued this notification because it does want to exempt them. But who will write it into the program while blocking or deactivating others? Helpline response was actually quite hilarious if it wasn't so serious. So first time, one email told him how to 
link his pan to Aadhaar. So he's writing back saying, but I don't have an Aadhaar. I don't need to have an Aadhaar. I don't need to link it. So the second time, the tax department's email answerer decided that he's a non-resident Indian. So it asked him to submit documents to establish that status. As an aside, the tax department, in fact, responded to all this chaos after 18 days, 1st July to 18 July, by putting out a long tweet which asked NRIs whose pan was inoperative to intimate their residential status to their respective JAO, that is Jurisdictional Assessing Officer. Most of them living abroad are clueless about who their JAO is and how to get to him. No links have been provided. So a little more chaos until they figure their way around it. Now, NM, this person here, was more fortunate than the others. After considerable mails, social media, tweets, and people like us pushing his cause online and offline, the market regulator, the central depository, his pan was unblocked on 18 July, the same day that this big explanation was issued by the tax department. Still don't know whether he is the lucky one, where his, he was singled out to do it, or it has happened to everyone. But here's what the tweet by the tax department said. It said, it told harried NRIs and OCIs, that they can file returns even if their PAN is made inoperative. How kind of them? Filing taxes is the law. They're allowing you to follow the law. Very kind. And the action remains punitive. So you are allowed to file your tax returns, but we will continue to punish you even though Aadhaar is and the linking is not applicable to you. So they say that they will not receive pending tax refunds or interest on these refunds. Why? It's another battle, but you can read more about it in this article that we have written in Money Life. Now, cons consider the cascading impact of just one switch off, PAN deactivation. Since the National Securities De Depository Limited, NSDL as you know it, runs a tax information network, it depends on the PAN database. Now, the deactivation of PAN automatically blocked depository accounts and mutual fund investment because... CAMS, which is Computer Age Management Services, the largest registrar and transfer agent, depends on this database for mutual funds. CDSL Ventures Limited has to look at this database when it handles customer profiling and record keeping for mutual funds. So cascading impact, both of them also block everything. So you have your hard-earned tax-paid savings just blocked because somebody has switched off a button in Delhi without bothering to check whether the rule is applicable to you or not. So chaos reigned for a fortnight. People approached the mutual funds. Then the Association of Mutual Funds of India made a representation to the market regulator. Market regulator didn't want to go into details. He said, talk to the tax department. Before all this happened, fortunately, noise on social media seems to still jog people. So you had this part clarification, partial solution that's been issued by the tax department. How difficult it is. Battle is not yet over. And what does this mean? It means that we may be in Amritkal, but change is slow. It's a step-by-step -step process for every game-changing, digital, wonderful, new technology. Remember technology being the word. And it is our kartavya, because it's kartavya kal, to bear all these difficulties with equanimity. Because if you complain, you're an andolan jeevi. So ease of living, after all, 
is a Western concept, right? And we are discarding Western concepts. So it has it was talked about at some time, but it's discarded without us even noticing. What does this mean? It means that if you are here, just be ready all the time for the nerve-wracking possibility of being non-compliant with rules in India and the consequences that and figure out through a lot of meditation how to bear it with equanimity. If you agree, share this video and subscribe to us. Thank you.